Hello, everybody. This is Ray Renati, and you have reached Green Room on Air. Oh my gosh, I've been trying to edit this episode. I'm an amateur. I wanted to replace the Zoom audio recording of me with my local recording, and I did. But then I had some other problems, and I was going to have to do it again. It had already took me like two hours, so I ain't going to do it. It's not that bad, but I got to learn how to make my microphone sound better on Zoom, and I haven't figured that out yet. But it's still pretty good, and you're lucky because I spoke with a, a very talented actress a couple of days ago. Her name is Melissa Ortiz, and she is also a friend of mine, a very good friend. Uh, let me tell you, tell you a little bit about her before she shows up on your screen or on your podcast platform, as it were. Melissa is has just made her uh, San Francisco Playhouse debut in, in a wonderful play uh, called Shoot Me. What's it called? Shoot Me, Shoot Me When, dot, dot, dot. I talked about this last week. And now I have more... Li- <laughs> More Lissa. Melissa on the show with me, and I am so excited, and you will be too, once you hear her talk, because she's fantastic. Um, a little bit about her. She is the producing artistic director for Shots San Francisco and a company member of Playground. Her Bay Area acting credits include Reagan and King Lear in the San Francisco Shakespeare Festival, uh, Anna in Anna Considers Mars, and Emily in Value Over Replacement at Playground, Lizzie in the Wickham's Christmas at Pemberley at Marin Theatre Company, Celine in the Moonrisers, Masha in the Seagull at Utopia Theatre Company, Tybalt in Romeo, Romeo, I wish I could talk, but I forgot how. I'm getting so very, very young. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. Romeo and Juliet in the Free Theater. Oh, my gosh. There's a lot of stuff here. And the title role in Miss Julie. In Miss Julie. Maybe if I sing everyone, everything, I'm tired. Oh, my God. I need to get more sleep. But I have insomnia sometimes. Miss Julie in Amios West, which is also part of the Shots company. Amios West is the parent company of Shots San Francisco. That's all I'm going to say because it's too ex- too difficult to explain beyond that. Um, she earned her MFA in acting from the National Theater Conservatory in Denver, Colorado. That's right. And Melissa is a very, very talented actor. I watched this production online. It was an online production, being this the time of COVID. And San Francisco Playhouse, SF Playhouse, did a very good job in putting this together. Very professionally done. Three cameras, excellent video quality, excellent sound quality. Unfortunately, if you didn't see it, you cannot see it. I think that must have been an equity rule. The union. I, I think they only allowed it to be up for a, s- a certain amount of time, a short period of time, I'm guessing. I, I didn't ask Melissa about that, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Maybe one day it will reappear. Maybe one day it will. I got to get this done because today, at 6 o'clock, I am starting a five-day silence retreat. If you know me at all, Silence is not what I'm about. No, sorry. Oh, my God. I don't know how I'm going to do this. My wife insisted. It's with a, a group called Art of Living. They uh, do all kinds of meditation and retreats and stuff. They're, they're based in India. They have a guru. His name is Sri Sri Ravi Sankar. He's a great guy. He is, actually. Um... So I got that going for me. I got my silence meditation. I got my guru. I got my guru. I got my guru. Do you have your guru? Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. 
Anyway, um, let me let me move on here because it's time for Melissa, and it's time for me to get ready for my silence retreat. So, uh, folks, if you've never been here before, this is called Green Room on Air, and this is my little space on the internet where I talk to people all over the world about entertainment, actors, directors, musicians, poets. I- I've spoken with all kinds of clowns, jugglers, everybody. I don't, I don't leave anybody out. No siree, Bob. No siree, Bob. If you'd like to be a guest on this show and you're in the entertainment industry, slip me an email at greenroomonair at gmail.com and maybe we can work something out. And if you like this podcast, please tell your friends. Give me a, a rating on Apple Podcasts, preferably, or any of your favorite podcasting platforms. I'm doing this on video and audio today. I've done that a few times, and I'm trying to get my uh, workflow done quickly so that it doesn't take me one or two full days to make this happen. (laughs) Podcasting, folks. Once you start, you don't want to stop. But I'll tell you, it's a commitment. So if you're going to get into podcasting, think twice. That's all I'll say. So much fun. I love you all so much. And without any further ado, I bring you Melissa Ortiz. Thanks so much for being on the show. You, uh, I've known you for how many years now? A hundred? Like no. at least. We've been here since 2012 and we met you. Right so around. We met you pretty, pretty early. Yeah, yeah. Pretty early in our, in our move. So I think, yeah. Excuse me. No, was like, that when Christian was directing uh, the play I did with Will? Um, I uh, we co-directed you. Yes, it was co-directing. That's right. Yeah, for um, co-directing. Yeah, a message. Yeah, a message. Yeah, I think that was one of the first projects that we did down here. I mean, other than shots. Um, So so yeah, that must have been like 2012, maybe 2013. Yeah. Wow. Totally. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Time flies. It certainly does. Yeah. And now you're going to be moving to Los Angeles, huh? Mm-hmm. What's happening uh, down there? You got a TV show you're going to star in? Uh, yeah, no, nothing's happening down there. We're just oh. moving to LA. I don't know. Like, <laughs> we'll see what happens. I just got a little existential crisis during the uh, pandemic. Um, I know I'm not alone in that. Right. And I... Um, I, I figured out that I would regret it if I never gave LA a try. So, oh, okay, good for you. So, no time like the present to just yeah give it a shot, see if we like it, and if we don't like it, we can leave. Are, are you going to try to do TV and film and all that kind of stuff? Or are you sure, gonna that's what's gonna, happening. Yeah, I'm going to try to do anything I can down there. I'm going to yeah. try to make a living wage off of things related to acting. That is oh, okay. That is the immediate low bar goal right yeah at the very least um and we can produce our own stuff we can produce shots and be in shots a little bit easier down there or produce anything we want theatric theater wise you know um so yeah so we're gonna do more of that more self-producing stuff why is it easier because we're equity and equity isn't quite as flexible in the bay area as it is in los angeles oh yes they have those old rules they're stuck with down there where yeah, equity and, you actors know, can do almost anything they want they have like a 50 seat house uh plan that you can do it's more like it's similar to the showcase code in new york and i think in la and in new york you sort of need to showcase your talents and the union understands that in order to get like agents and casting directors to see your work whereas the bay area doesn't have that type of market so um so it's you don't have like theatrical agents in the bay area you know and so in new york it was like you need in order to get a theater agent you had to you know produce your own stuff or be in a showcase that was, yeah. like, that was the showcase code so in la they've got other codes that are similar to just get you seen right um, and I think the Bay Area is just a little smaller market, so I don't think they're dealing with the same. But I feel like that's kind of unfair because 
in every theater market, you need to be seen and you need to showcase your talents. So I wish we had theatrical agents here. So we yeah, could go work fun. in other parts of the country. Yeah, that'd be super fun. Yeah, well, um, we don't have them. So no, it's you just don't a different go anywhere unless you know somebody. It's a different market. The great thing about the Bay Area theater scene is that um, is that it's a smaller community. So you can get, you know, really big parts if you stick around for long enough and you um, you can start the the pool is small so it's like all of a sudden you know everyone you know yes. the area theater scene which is great um but the downside is that there just aren't that many parts and you can't live off of it at all so no yeah and yeah. They, in la you can you can make a living uh with reacting related stuff yeah here yeah. there's a, probably just a handful of people that do uh, yeah i hope so i'm gonna turn off there's music happening in the other room can you hear it I heard I something, but it just sounded like static or, or okay. it didn't sound like music. You know what I'm going to do? Unless that's I'm a new type of music. Pausing the music. Yeah, I'm like, why don't you just stop? Well, it wasn't very noticeable. And maybe it's a good okay, song. Look at It's great. <laughs> turn it up. It was Neil Young. <laughs> wow, I turned it all the way up. <laughs> great. He lives, he lives in Redwood City. Does he? In the mountains in the middle and the, like the edge of Redwood City where it's in the mountains where like bears and stuff are. Wow. That sounds amazing. Yeah. At the end of black mountain road, I believe that where they had beautiful. all the fires. Oh God. Although I think he was spared. Oh, well, good. I think we would have heard about it. if he Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wasn't spared. Yeah. So, uh, Melissa, you're in a play right now, right? I am. I'm well, I'm not, I am. And I'm not, I'm oh. in a play that's airing right now. But it's a movie of a play, really. Um, I turned off the music, by the way. Just oh. FYI. Sorry. A movie of a play. It's a movie of a play. A I'm like the worst podcast guest right now. So yeah, I'm yeah, in the movie. I'm in a movie <laughs> of a play, a film of a play on SF Playhouse's stage, which was really fun and really bizarre and amazing and wonderful and incredibly, incredibly difficult. Um, so uh, the play is called Shoot Me When, written by Ruben Grijalva, which is in your last podcast. Um, and that is airing. You can stream it on demand um, if you buy a ticket. Um, and that's airing through Saturday, the 22nd. So last chance to see it. Okay. Um, I'm and it this week. yeah, oh, it's so it's um, it's like a black comedy until it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's not funny anymore. Um, oh, but it does, those are the, that's like, I'll be, I'll be done yeah. to you. It gets you laughing in the third act as you're crying. Yeah. You cry harder yeah. than you would have because of the fact that you were laughing so hard. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, that's the, that's the goal. I love the play. It's wonderful. Ruben wrote a magical, awesome play and it's, um, themes are like dementia and family and consent, like, uh, what it means to, you know, um, have consent, you know, when you have dementia and all that kind of stuff. So it's, um, it's this kind of roller coaster of a, of a living room drama. I think this is one of Ruben's first living room dramas. It takes oh. place mostly in a cabin in Tahoe. Um, so it was really fun to work on that. Um, and we rehearsed it all on zoom and then we came in for like tech week basically, um, and put it on its feet, blocked it within like a few days mm-hmm. and so and it was really weird because we were wearing masks the whole time while we were blocking and acting and then the masks only came off when we were filming um so we'd have to like we'd film we'd come in backstage we had our own dressing rooms like it was all covid compliant it was you know and all of us were vaccinated at least partially by that time so we all felt incredibly safe as far as covid was concerned but um but not safe in far as far as like our cognitive behaviors were concerned, right? We were just so used to not <laughs> touching each other and staying six feet apart. And so the fact that we could now be in like, con- yeah, like up close and like acting like a family and touching each other and sharing drinks and all of that was just very bizarre. I remember one day we have wine glasses where there's drinking that happens in the play. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> we drink wine in the play and so oh there i know crazy you, oh geez <laughs> and so do you smoke a, 
No. Uh, no. Oh, okay. Well, that's all right. Maybe yeah. a little. Um, so um, we, no cigarettes. Let's just say that. No, I don't okay. smoke cigarettes. Ah. Oh. Um, so there's a point in time where we had these little wine charms so that we could tell whose wine glass was whose so that we wouldn't, we'd be COVID compliant and not sharing glasses. Right. But there was a point in time where somebody hands me a glass and I just drink from it. And then I realized that it wasn't my wine charm glass. And then I'm like, oh, well, should I look? So I'm like acting while I'm thinking, oh, should I be holding on to a different glass or now? But then who's going to drink out of this glass next? And actually, it's totally fine because we're all vaccinated. And wait, I should be acting. <laughs> so it was all those things were happening in my head. Um, and then it was a whole, you, you know, we were all in the same room. So we lost all of our lines cause we'd only been, you know, acting in boxes and then the masks came off and then we lost all our lines again, because I was like looking at people's faces in person that I hadn't seen in person ever. It was insane. It was like, this yeah. whole... isn't that weird how it's uh, like when you're, I mean, none of us get to rehearse much anymore. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's not like. It's second nature, the lines. And once something changes, like all of a sudden people put on costumes or take off their masks now. Or oh, whatever. Any, just, everything just leaves your brain. Any little thing would throw <laughs> us collectively like like me. And, and it's weird because I'm not used to being like that. Like I'm used to when you rehearse a play and you build it in a certain way. You expect certain moments to to make you lose your lines, like when you get costume or when you get an attack or whatever it is. But yeah. in this particular situation, for me, the lines were very fragile. Like it was like I was holding onto them with a little thread and any little variation, like all of a sudden I had four mugs in my hand and I had to open a door and then I had to look at people, while, you know, and pass out coffee mugs while I was talking and that would just completely like, it was like, I have, I was like, I'm in prop hell right now. I can't say anything because I'm, I'm using props now and my body is screaming and my brain can't function. So a lot of tiny little things would throw me minor blocking changes because the blocking was so fresh. And if we change the blocking just a little bit, um, then I'd go up on my lines or, you know, it was really it was hard. It was really hard, but it was a great challenge. And like that moment when we stepped on stage, I've never been on stage at SF Playhouse. It was one of my big dreams to work there because that, that house is so gorgeous. It's like, I know. it's so beautiful. And there's like a turntable. It's like really, really fancy. And so. And the, the backstage is like an old theater. Yeah. It's it like six oh. stories of dressing room. Yeah. I was on like the second there, story in my own dressing room, which was very sad, but also like fancy. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, I was just like, I walk out on that stage and the lights are on and like uh, Blythe and I, my, the, the girl who plays, the woman who plays my sister, yeah. um, we just were giddy as school children. We were like, oh my God, we're on the <laughs> stage. And we just couldn't contain ourselves. It was like we were at Disneyland. It just felt so good to be back, even if it was just a partial back. It wasn't like we still had pods and sections and yeah. quarantine areas. And I could only eat in my dressing room and we had to have masks on in the green. It was like crazy. So I'd be on stage. Yeah. And then it, when we were filming and then I would go off stage and in the wing, I'd have to put on a mask. And then if I had to enter on the other side of the stage then I'd have to throw away the mask right before. So the only zone that was mask free was the stage itself. Mm -hmm. So it was really it's hard to be like, all right, put on the mask, take off the mask. We so went through weird. a lot of I masks. I can't wait till this is over with. Yeah, oh. we're so close, right? Getting we're back so close. to the normal. I know that like, if you're a stage actor, the last year and a half has been the twilight zone for your life, right? Yeah, it's been very <laughs> depressing. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's just, I just missed even going to shows, you know, let alone yeah. doing this. Yeah. Yeah, that community, it's really hard. I mean, especially with this play, it's like we can't, we don't know what's working or what's not working because we don't have an audience. Like everything is just silent out there. Um, so, you know, we'll hear some feedback afterwards or we'll get some notes after a take, you know, and then 
will like incorporate those notes, but it'll never be like, you know, you can feel when the audience is with you and when it's not with you and their response and their participation in a show is so important to the theater experience. So missing out on that is pretty anticlimactic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're, in, you're in the theater there and you're not getting anything back. Yeah. Like when I'm, you're doing your full performance on, on, on tape, I guess. Right. It's almost like yeah. doing a film or something, but, but it's not a film. So you're still having to do theatrical. Sort of yeah. It was weird. Acting with nobody watching. It's, yeah right and i was like yeah yeah, i was like wait do i need to pay attention to like continuity like where i put my when i put my wine glass down like do we need to do we need to be conscious of that and and susie our director was just like oh no just we'll be taking whole takes you know um so don't worry about it takes if this something got screwed well the first time we tried filming it we tried filming runs um Mm -hmm. of it and that was really difficult we just weren't like we couldn't we didn't have and i felt like a terrible actor i was like i can't get through this play i mean it's a it's a beast of a show i mean it's like a full two hours long maybe two hours 10 minutes you know and um and it it's a roller coaster you know and there are so many moments that are integral to the um to the plot that if you say something wrong or if you miss something it might shift the whole trajectory it it was very very difficult and um and Lori uh Lori Holt had like such a hard um a, a hard not a hard time with it but she had a hard task um because she's playing a woman with dementia so she has loops of of dialogue that she would go in and right. so she would like there wasn't a lot of logic to her lines and I would just watch her and be like girl I don't know how you're doing that but just keep going. You know, it was so hard because she would, she would like recycle some bits and pieces and start saying the same thing over and over again, but slightly different in a different place. And she had a lot of dialogue that was where she was listening to us, but she wasn't fully listening to us. So her knowledge of like when she comprehended what was going on versus when she didn't, she had to parse that out. Like it was really incredibly difficult and so i i commend her i'm i'm in awe of her ability and she's she's a yeah, phenomenal she is, actress she yeah I've, she was, I've never worked with times. her before she was a dream she was amazing so yeah. i was like i bow down to you Holt. thank you <laughs> i've never worked with her i've just seen her many times as i have mm-hmm. dan mm-hmm. yeah dan hyatt, dan hyatt was yeah, amazing too yeah. <laughs> such a professional it was really great Blythe. yeah he's yeah he is, he's yeah, yeah. I, you he's know when so i went great. to um when i went to school in london like 10 years ago Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our teachers was really good friends with him. He was, I've never spoken to him about this, but he was in London yeah. for a while and he had a theater company there with her. Wow. Yeah. He must, he must've been when he was in his early twenties or something. Yeah. 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 He was, he was an amazing and Blythe was such a, a doll and a wonderful person to work with. It was really, it was a wonderful cast and I, no, I don't know so much Blythe. from all of them. Blythe was, um, she was in the Bay area, like right before I got here. So I think we didn't really overlap and she was kind of like all over the place. I think she worked for like with Cal shakes. Like there are pictures of her on her website with like Jim Carpenter and like, you know, maybe she was even in Berkeley rep or ACT. I think she worked at ACT. Like, so she was doing the rounds and then she went away to do more schooling, I think. Oh, yes. Um, I, oh, okay. I know who she is. I'm looking at her picture. Yeah. Oh, I have seen her. I think I saw her in ECT in yeah. Blackbird. Maybe. No, was that her? No, that was somebody else. I have else. no idea. Yeah, I'll have to check. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> she, yeah, she's like, uh, she's been around and then she was away and now she's kind of back, but maybe mm-hmm. she's not. She might be um, doing some other things right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was awesome to to work with her and she was so sweet. It was, it's funny how quickly we're like we're family <laughs> now, did, they, did they use multiple cameras they did they had a three camera setup uh camera two was right in the middle and they were on built on top on platforms on top of the seats um so camera one was stage right like right off the lip of the stage so i could like walk onto it from the stage if i wanted to camera two was dead center in the house and camera three was the same orientation on the left of camera one so it was oh. like I could walk onto it. So they were all eye level. And man, I had a hard time with that because 
I'm used to being able to look wherever I want when I look out into a theater. And I can't do that when there are cameras on. <laughs> so like I catch myself like just Looking being drawn to the right, to the to the red light of the camera. And I'd be like, oh, damn it, I can't look at the camera. I can't don't look. Okay. Yeah. I'm an amateur. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's people at home and say, wow, she's talking right to me. I know. It's like I'm invading so your personal special. invading your personal space. Um, I eventually found the exit signs as my thing to to glom onto when I needed to think out. Susie was also like, I'm I'm terrible at turning out. I don't turn out a lot when I'm on stage. I just I I kind of like ground myself in who I'm talking to and like what's going on. So yeah, I don't really care about the audience in that respect. I'm like, oh, they'll see enough of me. <laughs> but Susie was like, Melissa, you're doing such great work and none of us can see it. <laughs> and I was like, damn it. Okay, fine. We'll fine, just Susie. do a few musicals. And then I know, you right? Stop turning and out. then I'll never stop turning out. So I did. I did. A, a, she's like, I know it's going to throw you, but just turn out, think out whenever you can. And I was like, okay, fine. It totally threw me, but I did it anyway. And then that's when I started to accidentally look at the cameras because I, I hadn't like scoped the audience. You know what I mean? I hadn't like figured out, well, if I'm going to look out, where can I look? How can my eyes travel? You know? Yeah, you have to find what you're going to look out out there so you don't look. Yes, so you don't. Yeah, like things to look. It's like if you think don't look at the camera, all you're going to look at is the camera. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You have to like go out on the stage before mm -hmm. and decide, okay, when I look that way, my eye's going to catch that. It's going to catch that, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So there are a few takes or a few moments when I I catch myself. I'm like, oh, there it was. (laughs) It's like a little split second. And every time it's another thing, every time I would do it in my head, I'd be like, like, no, don't do that. The other thing was don't touch the mic. I had a mic right here. And at first it was like over here, but then they changed it to over here. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm saying here. It was on the top of my forehead. Yeah, top of your head. Yeah. yeah. For, for top those of my head. listening at yeah. home on your and, podcast player. <laughs> and at first it was like over my ear, like on my cheekbone or like towards my jawline. And, but then they changed it to the top of my head. And I didn't it. realize, I didn't realize how much like, I touch my forehead when I'm stressed out, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but there was one time I was like, I'm pretty sure I ruined a take and I could see the sound guy in the back, like, like jump and like take his headphones off. Cause I just like shocked his ears. But, um, but yeah, but yeah, I realized I was like, Oh, I can't touch my forehead. Man, yeah, this isn't yeah. as free as theater normally is for me because <sighs> I have so many constraints. And then I'd, it, yeah, it'd throw me and then I'd have to find my lines and come back to the present. It was, what it was crazy. Experience. It was so insane. It was so much fun, though. And I was so lucky and happy to be a part of it every single day I was going to the theater. It was incredible. I had costumes, we had lights, we had makeup and sound and it was fun. How, how did you um, how did you get into this show? So did you audition? I was, did they call you? So Ruben Grijalva mm-hmm. um, uh, did a workshop or like a reading of a play. So SF Playhouse commissioned this play from Ruben. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Susie had worked with Ruben a couple of times, like once with the 24 hour play festival, I think. And then another, maybe that's right. Could be wrong. And then another time was when um, Ruben wrote Anna Considers Mars. And Susie directed that. And I was Anna in that. Um, So when he was doing a reading of the play, uh, Shoot Me When, and it was a first, like, you know, not a first draft, but kind of like a first read to see how it was. um, I was, I happened to be involved with that. And I read for the part of Ariel. um, And uh, he got a really, a lot of great feedback. And then he went back, he did some rewrites. And then they were ready to start casting it. And um, and then I just got part. Awesome. I know, right? I feel, Often that I feel, usually doesn't happen. People who are in the reading usually don't get into the show. Later, it right? normally doesn't. And I don't know if I'm like, I'm like, am I even supposed to say that? Um, That's okay. Because I know that they were auditioning for Ariel as well. But oh, right. It was oh, already, I see what you mean. So yeah. technically, like. <laughs> but I technically, maybe I could have gotten replaced. I don't know. But uh, Susie, apparently. Rumor has it that um, that she really, well, it's not a rumor, she told me, so I can say that, I guess. What is deserving of it? I know, it's so hard to do this. I, I, know. I, I have this happen all the time. It's like, why mm-hmm. am I doing this? 
everybody knows me. I say things like, I don't want to make anybody mad or like, yeah. Right. Oh God, I don't know. But Susie was like, you know, she was like, you just did such a good read for Ariel. We just, yeah. we just knew you were it. So, you know, we're, right. you know, so, and that was so, so flattering. You know, I just, I couldn't believe I was, you know, I couldn't believe I was being offered a part, you know, and, and that I was lucky enough to be in another one of Ruben's plays. Um, Cause I really love his, his writing and, and um, I've been very fortunate to be in three of his plays already. So. Oh, okay. Normally Christian and I are in them together. My husband. Oh yeah. Yes. Christian. Yeah. Cause You're we were both, both in. <laughs> Thank you. We and were both in, we were both in value over replacement with the playground festival that was uh, starring Joe Martag attack as the main character. Oh, okay. And, um, and then um, that was a baseball play. It was really awesome, really great play. And then, um, and then Anna uh, Christian was also in Anna considers Mars with me. And uh, then in this, in this play, she was great. Won. I loved that play. Ah, uh, thank that you. That was the one where I saw at Stanford, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun. <laughs> so strange and fantastic. Awesome. Right. So yeah. fun. I love, <laughs> I love that play. So yeah, Christian was in that with me too, which was super fun. And in this shoot me one, you know, there just wasn't a part available for him. So he couldn't even audition. Yeah, right, right, right. Otherwise, I'm sure we would have weaseled him him, him in there somehow, you know. Yeah. You could have just had him walk across the stage well, or something. Yeah. Christian and I just come as a package deal. It's like you just have to pass both of us. Now you're leaving us. I don't want you to I know. Leave. I know. I don't want to leave either. I mean, I I God, I love the base so much. I'm gonna this is the first place that I've lived that I felt like it's home, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I feel so grateful and happy that I'm here every time I walk out the door. Yep. I mean, except maybe like the day that it was orange outside and it looked like, you know. Oh, from the smoke? <laughs> yeah, yeah. From the yeah. Smoke. That orange day. Remember the orange day? Man, that was. Yeah. That was rough. <laughs> Weird. What did it look day. like? It looked like something out of the, um, what was that movie that it looked like? Um, Armageddon? Armageddon. No, it was like the. Post-apocalyptic. They did a remake of it too with Ryan War Gosling. Uh, oh, um, I don't know. I can't remember. Damn it, know. Christian is. Blade Runner. Oh, Blade Runner, right? Oh yeah. It looked something. Like, yeah, it was yeah. Like straight out of Blade Runner. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That yeah. day I was like, huh, it's the end of the world. But other than that, for the most part, I'm always really happy that I live here. So leaving here is really strange. Every other place I've left, I've been ready to leave in a way that I'm like, I kind of don't want to visit again. <laughs> just kind of like, I'm done with you. Yeah. But the Bay, I'm not, I'm not done with. I think I'm always going to love the Bay. Um, it's it's just here. unfortunate that like, um, I don't have the potential for a career here that I wish I did, you know? I think it's great. I mean, you know, you're still young. It's good to do it because, yeah. because there, there, there's just only so far you can go here as, mm -hmm. as, as as an actor or anything in entertainment, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of, it just, there's a big dead end at a certain level and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, kind of everybody, everybody thinks of the Bay area is sort of like a very pedestrian in a way, even though it's not. Yeah. And all these TV shows, they don't, they don't shoot here when they can. Uh, films don't shoot here because it's a pain apparently. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, the touring, the touring companies kind of take over the, you know, the super like Broadway-ish professional yeah. stuff. And we get left out of all of that. Yeah. And even though it's a huge theater. Yeah. Area, the San Francisco Bay Area is 300 and something theater company. Yeah. Yeah. It's also hard to be an equity actor in the Bay, I think. Oh my gosh. I know. I think that's that there's just not enough equity. Work. There's not. I mean, you always have to like, to be an equity actor in the Bay Area and get work once in a while, uh, you have to know the right people. You do. And but I feel like that's true for everywhere you go. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But, but but like you got to figure it out, you know? Yeah. And, and um, yeah, it's a hustle. Or, or you can sure. be really clever and make work for yourself somehow, like go audition in strange places and convince them to hire you and all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just the weirdest thing. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So now you said that you watched one of the National Theater Live productions. I did. Uh, 
Which Deep Blue was, Sea. Deep Blue I watched Sea. Deep Blue Sea with that woman who plays Polly in Peaky Blinders. God, what's her name? She's and, oh yes, I forgot yeah, her name. Her, I forgot her name, but she yeah. was, she and she just recently died of cancer. I think. Um, oh, she did. Yeah, she was an amazing, amazing actress. Oh. Um, and I thought she was good in Peaky Blinders, and then I saw her in Deep Blue Sea, and we weren't even gonna like we weren't planning on watching a play that day we just happened to be like like youtube was up and around like like i was like looking at something on youtube and then i like accidentally pressed play on this on this thing for national theater live and it was a full-on play of deep blue sea and i we got hooked like we could not stop watching and it was absolutely incredible um and now i'm i'm like man that's a part i would love to play one day but it was it was beautifully directed and beautifully produced. It was, and, and amazingly well done. It was so, I was crying. It's a wonderful it was awesome. play. It's yeah, it's, yeah. it's an incredible play. And, yeah. and that woman in the, in the main part of it. Helen McCrory. I think. Yes, yeah. there she and is. She died. I love her. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've seen her in a bunch of things. Oh, that's yeah. sad. Yeah. She's like, she was like one of the best actors I've, She's fantastic. Yeah. And I didn't even uh, see her in person. <laughs> but when you see uh, the National Theater Live stuff, you feel like you're watching a play. Oh you know, you feel gosh. like you're in the audience. It's so fun. Oh, they do such a great job. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know how they do it either. I'm like, how do they make it look like that? You know, I don't know. I, I don't know, but you definitely do not feel like you're watching a movie. You feel no. like you're in a theater. And you're watching a live performance and yeah. it's just mind-boggling. And before COVID, um, you could only watch it in theaters. Mm-hmm. And I went to a whole bunch of them. But, and, mm-hmm. and they would only be specific days. Like, they're yeah. going to play, you know, uh, what was it? I mean, there's so many. Which one did I see? Um, I think it was Caesar. Something. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, that's, uh, I can't remember right now. But there were so many of them I saw. And like yeah, in Palo Alto, at this theater on this day and it's not coming back for another six months, you know? Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. And, 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 and multiple cameras and close-ups and wide shots and but yeah. you know, it didn't feel like a movie. No, is, it didn't. It, it felt like, you know, that if they really captured the essence of, of, of like how the eye wanders when you're watching a play, you yeah. know, like, because we get to, as an audience, we get to choose who we're watching and, and who gets our attention, you know, uh, while action is going on on stage. And, um, and for some reason, I feel like that the way they, they shot it, it was like, it always went exactly to where my eye wanted to go, you know, and, and yes. to watch those like little secondary activities or the little thing, like the reactions or just, Oh, and they knew when to go to a wide shot so you could choose where you were looking and, and actually experience it like a play, but they would zoom in on more intimate moments. Um, so that way you could kind of, you know, get a little bit more intimate. It was, it's, it's incredible. I'm, I'm really, I have no idea how they do it, but it, it really does know. feel like it. And it seems like they do it like in one night. It seems like there's just mm-hmm. a performance and they yeah. shoot the performance. And then the, I'm sure they must combine two or three performances though and put the best of everything i have no idea maybe like, not maybe they just have like a bunch of cameras constantly just constantly rolling and I constantly so. following and then they edit it all together i think that's what they do that must be what they do because there's no way they could choose everything beforehand like like there are moments when you want to mm-hmm. like if somebody's like giving somebody the riot act right yeah. like you want to see how that person's reacting well somehow they know right away like, yeah do a, like a closer shot yeah. of the person who's getting, you know, read the riot act and how they're reacting, but not for two, you know, just the right amount yeah, of yeah. time. Just the right amount of time. Yeah, yeah. So they must have just a bunch of cameras rolling and then they have, you know, they spend hundreds and thousands of hours editing and. Yeah. The editing is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm, I know that's, that's, that's a big, uh, thing to try to compare yourself to, and I'm not trying to, to <laughs> tell you to do that with uh, as a playhouse, but mm-hmm. I, I just I just was wondering if you saw this because I love them. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I mean, SF Playhouse was edited within a week. So it's oh, a wow. little rawer than that. Yeah, wow. it's pretty, it's pretty raw, but they had decided like what, um, where they were sort of doing live cuts. They did record all of it on all three cameras, but there were a few, they were kind of figuring out their live cuts while they were doing it. Um, and we were blocked according to that. Mm -hmm. um, and so we kind of knew when certain cameras, when we were in frame at certain cameras, you know, so they kind of let us know that it was, yeah, it was wild. And how was it for um, your director? Susie? Yeah. Directing this thing, having to deal with the cameras and everything. And I want to, I think Susie's a wonderful director. Everything, yeah. I love everything she's done. It's just, just the attention to detail and the little yeah. stuff that sometimes actors forget about, you know, I can yeah. see she, she, gets, she gets people to do them, you know? And yeah. Uh, my favorite thing about Susie is that she really knows how to talk to actors. So there's never a direction that I get from her that I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do. Like I'm there. I always know, you know, what she wants me to do uh, or, you know, why she wants me to do something or, she doesn't, she doesn't give me any vague direction. So there's never a gray area where I'm like, wait, what? And, and because she's an actor herself and so she knows what the craft is. And so it's, it's really easy, you know, to yeah. feel like I'm fulfilling the director's wishes because the director knows how to ask for what they want. You know, right. she knows, she knows how to ask for what she needs and what she wants. And that makes everything just so much easier it it takes all that like guesswork out of it and reverse math it's like okay well if this director is asking me for this result then i have to do x y and z in order to you know motivate that and maybe achieve the result that they're looking for you know so yeah. um so none of that happened with Susie, which was great That's and then cool. i think she did have her work cut out for her because it was her first time directing one of these so um so i think it was a, a challenge but she had a, a lot of people helping and around her and, um, supporting her, um, which was, which was great. And I mean, we didn't, she kind of, she, she um, protected us from that side of it, from that technical side of it, because she didn't want to have us be thinking about camera angles or that kind of stuff. Too oh, that's much. Good. Yeah. So she sort of sheltered us from that and just let us do our thing as much as possible, unless it was like, okay, now we have an issue where you're blocking the camera. So you need to hit this mark here. And then we're seeing this actor through this window from this camera. So I see that's the logic you need to be aware of, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So when you, when you were taping this, did you have any people in the audience watching? No, just no. the staff, you know, okay. the staff and the people who are working on it, like sound and, and, um, and that kind of stuff. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so nobody there just to be entertained. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, I mean, Bill was in the odd, Bill English was in the audience and, um, and, uh, he, he gave us some support every once in a while. I'd hear a little chuckle or something and I'd be like, Oh, somebody cares. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's hearing us. You well, know? this is like the second innovative thing you've done during our time of COVID, right? I mean, you were in the play at Cal oh, Shakes. Oh, Shakes. Yeah. King, King Lear. Yeah. That was, that was insane. And it feels like a decade ago. It feels like so long ago, <laughs> the beginning of the apocalypse. Um, and yeah, that was very different. And um, hopefully we never have to do that type of, that type of work again. That was amazing. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was fun. So, so you did King Lear at SF Shakes, San Francisco mm -hmm. Shakespeare Festival, and they sent you each green screens and cameras, mm -hmm. right? They sent us a whole kit, like yeah. uh, two soft boxes, two umbrella, so okay. that's four lights, um, a full green screen with a stand, a mic, a webcam, so that we all had the same um, equipment yeah. um, and the same quality of equipment, and. Uh, and yeah, and then the rest of it was just like kind of figuring out this virtual, unified virtual space is what they call it, kind of all on our own. Unified like trial and error. space. Yeah, because so they he, just... He just yeah. layered you. like He layered us all on top of each other. Yes, this program, I yeah. guess, OBS, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then, yeah, OBS. And then filtered it into YouTube. 
Yeah. So it looked like you were in the same room and even having knife fights and, and sword fights yeah. and stuff, even though you were in your own apartments. Yeah, we and looked really like ridiculous. Field, yeah. Like someone would be standing behind someone. Yeah, he would like change the layer. Yeah, he would change the layering. Yeah, 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 it was it was and it was seamless, and he was doing it on the fly, and I never saw a mistake. Yeah, the only problem is like some people didn't have the um, the bandwidth as others, and their like noses would get chopped off. Oh no, that would always happen, no matter Uh, what. I think it wasn't bandwidth; it was just like the strength of the the strength of the technology. Like we just couldn't help it. I noticed they've been doing. (laughs) We all look like Voldemort in profile. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. I noticed uh, they've been doing TV commercials like that. After yeah. I saw your production, then I started watching commercials closely and I said, well, that person is not at a grocery store. That's a green screen. And then there's yeah. somebody else next to them. They're not in the same room. Yeah. It's but their crazy. technology was like so strong, like nothing got chopped off or whatever. It just yeah. Quite well, right. because they're not doing it live, right? It's like right. you can record it and then you can do it afterwards, but streaming it live is a different oh, thing. Line. So going through the lines. Oh, yeah. There's yeah, no yeah, way yeah. you're going to be able to. Yeah. yeah. Especially with all that data. I mean, because you got like three, four, five streams coming into one. Yeah. One Neil out- had to, output. Neil had to get a much more, uh, faster computer, like a. An oh, yeah. Tech. Like, yeah, I think they I rented like a big Mac. For he, him. Had this, he had like one of the most powerful Macs I think. I saw because yeah. I, I was afterwards. Yeah, those are expensive. Yeah, I think they had to rent them. Like he rented oh, okay. um, for specifically for King there. Uh, okay. Yeah, because well, nobody cool. can afford that. So a lot of you, <laughs> I know, yeah, I know, especially theater people. I know, right? Yeah, yeah, no. So I'm very, I was very fortunate to this pandemic to be able to do like yeah. two pandemic productions, um, both on like the cutting edge of like, you know, what, what people were doing to to keep theater alive during the pandemic. Yeah, you know, when you get then, your own, when you're famous and you get your own Wikipedia page, it'll be in there like for <laughs> posterity. Like you were on the cutting edge of of theater. Of pandemic the theater. Pandemic, <laughs> pandemic theater. You were one of the the you know the originals. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, explorers. I did my time during pandemic theater in virtual spaces. And now I know a lot more about zoom than I ever wanted to know and green screens and, and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, it's been crazy. No, I got, I got a new green screen here. It's fun. It just folds up and down. It does. Yeah. Oh, we're going to need one of those. No, I'm not going to do it. Cause then it'll, it'll Oh, is break. it like a pop-up? Is it? Yeah. Like yeah. A... It just like comes up from the floor. Oh dude. I want one and of those. It's just You're like the long thing something. on the ground. It's like, so it takes up no space when you put it down. Dude, you're going to have to send me the link to that thing because I want okay. it. They're not yeah. cheap. Yeah, They're like 160 okay. bucks. That's okay. It's probably but, worth it. Yeah, but don't buy the, like, there's only one brand. It's the original. And there's all these Chinese Knock-offs. Yeah. copying it and charging the same or more. And I accidentally bought one and it was garbage. It was like, <gasps> and I was like, something is wrong. These are supposed to be great. And I realized, this is the actual so did you like return it and get right the, away? The, yeah. the, okay, good. Well, you're gonna have I, to tell me about it. I'm I'm totally interested. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll send it to you. Yeah, awesome. And you know what? Um, so the other thing that I love that you and Christian do, and that I've been a part of, luckily for a long time, is shots. It's absolutely one of my favorite things in the world. Uh, yeah. I feel Thank like you. you're a little like better than Saturday Night Live. Fun, you know. Yeah, it's and, it's and so fun. Why don't you tell like, people what shots is? Yeah, so it's an evening of six five minute plays, mm-hmm. um, and we normally do them uh, for one night only. Um, and uh, the writers get we assemble teams of theater artists, and we give them uh, a month to sort of put a short play together. So the writers have like two weeks to write, and the actors have actors and directors have two weeks to rehearse and put it up and then it goes up one night only and it's a big theater party. It's a good time. Um, And then, um, and then, yeah, for the pandemic, we decided to do it virtual. We we were like straight out of the gate. Like the minute the pen, we were in quarantine, we were like, fuck it, let's do a shot. That's another incredible thing you've done. Yeah. (laughs) Like shots, virtual shots. Yeah. Like three or four, actually we've done a lot of, Cool. And then, like, yeah, we've done a lot of readings on Zoom for Playground and the Moonrisers has been a really fun experience as well. They've been doing a lot of virtual stuff. So it's been it's been great. It's been um, 
but yeah, so that's, so we've been producing shots in the Bay area since 2012 and Jamie Catalano took over production for a little while. And then we took production back and that kind of stuff. So we're hoping that uh, we're planning uh, that shots continues. It's run out here. Um, uh, Jamie's probably going to take the lead on that. And um, she's kind of working out how she wants to do it and maybe get uh, other producers on board to sort of help line produce uh, the series. So that way it's not all. Uh, including you, Ray, you gotta, yeah, you gotta well, get mean, in on we, that. We've talked a few times about me like doing something down here. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'd love to, uh, you know, Wait, one second. It's totally one second. different. Mm-hmm. So Ray, I'm going to switch computers real quick. Cause Christian oh, okay. his computer. So I'm just going to join the meeting from this. I'm going to join the meeting from this computer and swap. What happens. Okay. I know it's going to be crazy. Well, you're a Zoom expert, so it'll work out. I am. So it's going to be smooth and seamless as long as I can open Chrome. It's so weird that birds never fly by my window. What? Oh, yeah, I know. It's It's like like all the birds in San Francisco. It's just the Transamerica building just sitting there. It's like, you know, like, and there's no, the clouds aren't even moving past it. There's no clouds. It's weird. weird. It's very strange. There's no UFOs, no airplanes. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Mm. Okay, one sec. Here we go. What's that background you got going there? You're this is an air mattress. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's a camping mattress that we have up here because, yeah, um, cool. yeah, it's pretty awesome. Okay, so here we go. I'm here. Hey. Wow, magic! I know. Seamless. You are a Zoom expert. Yeah, I am. <laughs> so now um, we're on my computer and Christian's got his computer. He's got to start rehearsal. He's in Sapiens, which is, I'm going to plug that real quick, is a play um, that Playground is producing ah. for their Zoom Fest um, by Diana Burbano. I think it's Diana Burbano. Burbano. She's mm-hmm. um, Playground uh, here and Playground LA. I think she might be based out of LA. She's awesome. The play is awesome. I love it. Um, and sometimes I'll walk in on Christian rehearsing and I'll just like stand and watch because I think it's so good. And I think he's so good and it's great. So yeah. I think it's going to be really fun. It's a, it's a fun show. So I'm excited to see it. And that happens um, soon, like in a few days. Playground on Zoom. So you just need to go to Playground's website. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure it'll be there. Yeah. Right? Check out Sapiens. Yeah. Sapiens yeah. is part of their Zoom Fest. Yeah. So yeah, no, this is our, this is, oh, uh, we sold our couch because we're moving, obviously. So we sold yeah. our couch and, um, and uh, when we want to watch television in the living room, we, we have nowhere to sit. So we brought out uh-huh. the camping mattress so we can like lie down and have a comfortable oh, place to sit on our floor in the living room. What are you watching these days? Oh my gosh. What aren't we watching? Um, we've been watching uh, Mayor of Easttown. I don't know that one. Oh, it's on HBO. Okay. Really it good. It's got Kate Winslet in it. And she's playing this um, person from Boston. And her Boston accent is on point. It's incredible. Actually, how would I know? I've actually never. What's it called? The mayor of East Town? Mayor. Mayor. M-A. Mayor. Oh, mayor. Okay. Like a mayor. horse mayor? Okay. Like, yeah. Like, I think it's short for Mary. Mayor. Oh, oh, gotcha. There okay. is her name. Okay. Of East Town. Yeah. I'm going to have to check that out. Pennsylvania. Sorry, it's Pennsylvania. I lied. It's not Boston. It's Pennsylvania. Oh, Pennsylvania accent. Oh, maybe that's why on Saturday Night Live they were doing some funny Pennsylvania accent stuff the other day. Yeah. Night. Yeah. Yeah. I, maybe that is. <laughs> I didn't watch, haven't watched Saturday Night Live recently, but um, yeah. But yeah. So, Mayor of East Town, very, very good show. I have to watch that. Um, we've been watching that. We, um, we watched during the pandemic, we watched all of Breaking Bad for the first time. Yeah, that was. Oh my God. Isn't that awesome? Pretty, yeah, like one a, of the best shows ever, for sure. Very stressful. I know. Well, you know what? <laughs> so my wife and I have, I've already saw all of Ozark. I'm watching it over again, and that is stressful too. Yeah. Christian uh, watched all of Ozark. I had to back out of Ozark. Also, I had to back out of Succession. He watched. Why did you back out? It was too too much. It was just too much. I was yeah. I couldn't handle it. There was a point where, especially during the pandemic, I kind of got super depressed and called my doctor because I couldn't stop crying. And I was like, "Why is hey. this happening?" I was like, "I just this is I, just I, who I am now." I get um, it. Man. And, and so, and yeah. uh, I luckily I was able to get onto um, some antidepressants and go through some therapy, which was really great. So 
Um, so that's been a lovely, um, mindful journey I've been on during the pandemic. And I feel like um, I'm a far healthier human being than I was at the beginning of the pandemic. So oh, I'm good. really grateful and fortunate um, to have that resource. Dude, I took like a whole like uh, MBSR mindful mindfulness-based stress reduction class. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend, I don't know why it isn't taught in schools. Like I feel like every human being should should do this. And it's it was all just meditation based. Yeah, I agree. It was life-changing for sure. Absolutely. Um, and there's like a whole book about it. And it's like a eight-week course that's taught through um through most hospitals in the nation. And it's been, you know, researched and done since like the 80s or the 90s. Like it's it's a it's legit. I was like, I always heard that meditation was good for you, but I was like, oh whatever. And then I actually started practicing it. And I was like, oh, I get it. It's actually really important. And it's really I, helpful. I did that program at El Camino Hospital mm-hmm. when it first started with, uh, what's his name? Back East, John Kabat-Zinn. Yes, he wrote the, just wrote the book. Yeah. And then he had- The Full, uh, ca- full Catastrophe Living. Full yeah. Catastrophe Living. And then he had one of his like, protege was out here at El, El Camino Hospital. What's his name? I can't remember. I don't know. Um, yeah, I did that for like a year. And, uh, uh, it was, in, it was in the like 1997. Yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, although you're not doing, so, are you, are you meditating as much as you, as you want to? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm involved with this other organization called art of living. It's from India. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Most of the people are Indian, but it's, it's all, it's all similar. Uh, I'm doing this a five day silence retreat next week. Lucky you. Yeah. So I'm totally into it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. No, yeah. it's. And it's, we do all this yoga breathing stuff. And, it's life changing. Yeah. I didn't realize like how important it was for my mental health, but I just noticed a lot. I also have a phobia, which is really fun. Um, and I've had that since I was for as long as I can remember. And um, I went to cognitive behavioral therapy when I first moved out to the Bay Area to see if I could fix it. Mm-hmm. it's i'm afraid of people vomiting like vomit and or well, vomit. who is it i know it's like but actual fear like actual like i think it's a lion that's gonna kill me you know like oh. so um yeah but i think it's funny because everybody finds it incredibly unpleasant but i have the added bonus of being terrified of it like having so, a panic attack yeah oh yeah full-on full-blown panic attack only um, for other people or for you too me too yeah. um but did you ever no. see the Seinfeld episode about that? About vomiting? Yeah, like oh, because Jerry hadn't vomited in a long nine time. Nine years. Nine years. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. yeah I haven't vomited. Maybe that'll help you. Very long time. I know, but I had to do exposure therapy for it in cognitive oh. behavior therapy, and so like YouTube is an ugly and terrifying place. Um, yeah. And so I watch a bunch of YouTube videos of people puking. Anyway, uh, the reason <laughs> I got into this. And then Christian had to like help out too, because I had homework where I had to like watch it. Like first it was three times a week and then it was every day in the week to continue to expose. So I was just like inducing mini panic attacks like the whole time. Um, So anyway, since I did that, it's gotten better. The exposure really helped. Um, But the medication is also helping a lot. And the meditation helps so much. Like I, I used to be that like, if someone would vomit on television, I would like, I would be scared. I would run out of the room. I would leave the room. It would induce like panic immediately. And since the, um, since the therapy and with the added bonus of like meditation and stuff, I'm like calm as a cucumber. I'm like, Oh, Hey, look at that. That's gross. Like normal reactions to vomiting, not like panic attacks. So anyway, so that's actually, so it's had added benefits in multiple ways for me. <laughs> I know it's like, like until you meditate or do something similar or whatever, like you have, your brain works so quickly. You have no idea of the terrible things you say to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Or you judge yourself. Or the, like Totally. And you don't, re- you have to realize that like the human mind is so fucked up. Oh, now I have to put explicit, but like, like <laughs> you have this idea that we're like, should be in control of it. But like your mind doesn't care if you're happy. No, it wasn't make you survive. I remember reading like in in John Kevinson's book, it's like, you know, he says, um, 
your thoughts are not you. And I remember reading that and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> it's like, how are my thoughts not me? And then the whole concept is that you are your awareness. You are the awareness of the thoughts. You are not the thoughts themselves. And the thought, the brain is just like a thought machine that just like creates all these thoughts kind of on its own or whatever. And um, you have the power to choose which thoughts to follow or not. But like, if you can just like separate your identity yeah. from the things that your brain is thinking, then that like, that for me was like, oh, so you know, I was raised Catholic, so I would have guilt about thoughts that would enter my brain, right? So, oh, yes, I'm yeah, but it's I like, if Catholic. those thoughts, if those thoughts aren't my fault, then there's no guilt, guilt is irrelevant, like it, it inherently it sucks, gets rid of at, guilt, least, you know? at least it doesn't make you think that you're like an awful creature that you don't deserve to be on this planet. Yeah, just, yeah, just because thoughts happen and they're not, it's like, the, my thoughts aren't my responsibility. My my actions are my responsibility, you know, and, and what I do with the thoughts and how I follow the thoughts and how I treat the thoughts are my responsibility. But the thoughts themselves, like, that's just my brain and my brain isn't me. So, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. I don't think yeah. that sensitive children should be allowed to be raised Catholic. That's my, <laughs> that's my, I'm gonna, it's like... Let's make what you're going to do to yourself already like 10 times worse. Yeah, totally. <laughs> by, by making you really good at self-flagellation. Exactly. Exactly. I'll just beat myself up. I, mean, I still have, like, I found out this way, like, I wanted to get YouTube uh, mm -hmm. pro or whatever, you know, so I don't have the commercials and stuff. Yeah. And I found out, like, I, I, I signed up as though I was in uh, Israel, no, in India. And I put like an India zip code and it was only like one, you know, whatever the Indian money is, it turned out to be like a dollar 25 a month. <laughs> but then I canceled because I was like, so guilt felt so guilty. It's like, oh man, I'm ripping off. I'm like, wait a minute. YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Like who cares? Right. <laughs> I know my mom, my mom has been, you know, recently, I think this is kind of a tangent, but she's like, oh, Ellen, she's like, you know, and my mom. She was born in 44. So she had her fair share of abusive, you know, um, toxic workplaces. Yeah. And she was just used to it, you know? And she's like, so what? She was mean. Like employers can be mean. And I'm like, yeah, bum, but they're not always mean, you know? And then she kind of, she's like, oh, I guess you're right. You know, like we're changing and that's good. But they're it was funny be because mean. it's funny because she's so, her generation is so accustomed to, people in power abusing power you know ah. that this that it's second nature you know and there was a pride i think in that culture of being able to withstand that type of abuse yes. and be strong enough and courageous Absolutely. enough to either to either take it or fight back or walk out of the room or create you know the drama with it and so mm -hmm. uh, we had a really interesting conversation about it um, where she was like, you know what? I still like Ellen because of all the things that she did. I don't think the fact that like this drama is happening should negate all the good that she's done. And I, and I completely agree with her. Ellen, you know, um, you mean Ellen, DeGeneres? Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. I, I haven't been keeping up. What'd she do? Uh, dude, oh, like, cause she's, she's so nasty with her employees. You mean? Yeah. Something like oh, that. Yeah. It's not, I mean, I haven't really been following it too much, but I think, um, but yeah, it's interesting because my mother loves Ellen, you know, and, yeah. um, and there's another backstory to that that I won't get into, but um, yeah. the things that El Ellen's show actually meant a lot to her as far as like her journey through difficult times, like she would watch the show and it would bring her comfort, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, no, it, it shouldn't negate all of the good that she's done. You know, it's just, you know, it's time for her to not run the show anymore and and her contract was up anyway so it's not like she was fired or anything but like um, she's got plenty of dough yeah and then, then i was like yeah i don't really feel sorry for her like, like I, I think she's gonna be fine yeah like she'll be cool like she'll just you know you know coast under the radar for a little bit and then come back out you know she or start another she show just, if she wanted to she she start her own tv network yeah like on. oprah like the, yeah, the o channel or the, the, the e channel <laughs> the e channel
I just wish I wasn't old now while this is happening. <laughs> Don't we all wish we weren't old? <laughs> but then yeah. we'd be dead. That's the alternative. Yeah, yeah, what's the alternative? <laughs> I was like, well, oh, I'm, you know, I just turned 40 in April. So I was like, oh. 40. God, I was like, oh, awesome. yeah, but my, I was like, the alternative is death. So I think I'm doing good. <laughs> God, time flies, man. I know. I'm wow. really glad I'm not moving to LA in my 20s. That's, I think I would, I would Every, never survive. Most people end up coming back. Yeah. I'd be like, I can't. But now I feel like I'm kind of up for the challenge as I've done. I'm going to meditate a lot in LA. Yeah. <laughs> I've had one friend, let's see, I've had one friend who moved to LA who's actually stayed and is doing great. And he's been all kinds of TV shows for the the last like 30 something years. And yeah, and everybody else I know, though, I think most of them ended up returning to Bay Area. Yeah, it's, yeah. And we might end up coming back, in which case I will be very happy. I'm not saying it's going to be you, I'm just, you know. But it might be, and I'm totally open to that. All we're doing is moving to LA. We're not like. It's not that far. It's not that far. It's just a little hop, skip, and a jump. An hour plane ride. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got my little Zoom message here that says I have, oh, I think they think that we have three people on here. Oh, do they? Yeah, because I think when when you switched computers. I came put, in with a different account. Yeah, put us into the, uh, you know, the the paid thing. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because it That's gave me a message. Because with sad. two people, you're supposed to stay on. A, you're, you can stay on as long as you want, right? Yeah. But it thinks we have three. So it gave me, I'm just, yeah, it just gave me my little 10-minute warning. Oh, mine gave me a two-minute warning. Just now? Yeah, it's like time left, two minutes. Oh, yeah, I'm telling you now because it gave me the 10 minute like eight minutes ago. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, so maybe we should call it here. Up to you, man. Yeah, we talked for a long time. This is your this is your rodeo, man. Yeah, I really appreciate your your time, Alyssa. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm I'm happy to podcasts feel so fancy. You know, it you feel like fancy, man. very like special. I'm like, you oh, are. look, I'm being interviewed for a podcast. You are. You should, and you should give it to all your your friends on this in the show. I will. Yeah, I will. Yeah. And like, all your other friends. And, and, and uh, yeah, and, cool. yeah, I will. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Awesome. Thanks. Well, yeah. Thanks. You have a good day, and um, I'll see you around. Okay. You hopefully, before I move. Yep. Yep. Okay. I'll, I'll see you this weekend. I'll be there. Yes. Yes. All right. Awesome. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye. When you're weird.